You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. If you would take a copy of God's Word and turn to Exodus chapter 20, or like always, you can follow on the screen. We have just started a study on the Ten Commandments. Last week was an introduction, and today we will be looking at the first two commandments. Over 3,000 years ago, God gave us ten powerful truths, a moral compass upon which we can build a fulfilling life, a strong family, and a secure nation. You know what that moral compass is? What did I say last week? It is the ten commandments. The ten commandments are about the only thing, whether you know it or not, that the Jews and the Muslims and Christians agree on. All three religions believe the Ten Commandments. They are the bedrock of Western civilization. Now, some will say, well, Pastor, I live by the Ten Commandments. I believe in the Ten Commandments. But the real question is, can you name them? If you can't name them, how can you live by them? So for the next several weeks, we are going to study them and learn them. Why? In order to live them. So open your Bibles if you haven't done so, and you can follow uh, on the screen here. And let's go ahead and get started. Beginning with verse 1, today we'll read through 17 verses. I'm going to cover all the commandments. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have, say it with me, no other gods before me. There you go. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a... Jealous God. You heard us sing that song. You are jealous for me. A jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. We'll talk about that next week. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within the gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let me stop right there. You remember I said last week that the death penalty was set aside if you disobeyed any of the first six commandments. 
Now, I know all of us love our parents and loved our parents that are not with us anymore. But do you think we ever honored them every day? We have a gracious God today. Amen? Listen, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Now, why did God really, really give us the Ten Commandments? Because he loves us and wants what's best for us. See, whenever God says, no, and thou shalt not, and don't, in Scripture... We need to understand that it's always for our benefit. Whenever God gives a negative, there's always a positive purpose behind it. You see, many times when people look at the Ten Commandments, this is what they say. Man, it's just a bunch of don'ts. And God is just some kind of cosmic killjoy. You know what I'm talking about? And the sky who wants to just steal our fun... And make life miserable. He says, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't have any fun. But it's just the opposite. God loves us so much. Listen to this. God loves us so much and knows how we work best. That he gives us the Ten Commandments so we won't get hurt. So we can build a life on a solid foundation. You see, God created the universe. We understand that. And he established these universal laws. And he created, um, he also governed the universe. And he created all this. He also set up spiritual laws. And here's the deal. If you ignore God's uh, spiritual and universal laws, you're going to get hurt. And God doesn't want you to get hurt. There are physical, universal laws like the law of gravity. If you ignore the law of gravity, it is to your detriment. Amen? So he's given us the Ten Commandments because he loves us. When God says don't, it's because he really does genuinely care for us. You see, when our girls were little, and you can all identify with this, we told them, do not touch that hot stove eye. It was not because I wanted to make them miserable. It was because I loved them. And I knew what was best for them. Because I did not want them to get hurt. We understand that. We wanted to protect them. Well, the Ten Commandments, here we go, are not ten suggestions. Hello? And they came from Almighty God Himself. They're not optional. There are Ten Commandments. If you ignore, listen, if you ignore these Ten Commandments, eventually your life will begin to crack and crumble and fall apart. It's as simple as that. Eventually, even your relationships will begin to crack, crumble, and fall apart. That's what has happened with so many marriages and families today. You know why? Because they are built on a faulty foundation. And I can talk all day about a foundation, how important it is. It really is all about perspective, though. What do I mean about that, by that? 
When God says, don't do this and don't do that in Scripture, you think, man, it's all negative. God doesn't want me to have any fun. But you have to look at the purpose behind it. You have to get a new perspective and look at the motivation God has. It's out of his love. And when you and I understand that, we see the Ten Commandments in a whole new light, and you get excited. You really do. Because the Ten Commandments is to save you from destruction. It's all what you focus on. So don't focus on just the negatives of the Ten Commandments. Focus on the positive purpose behind it, and focus on the motivation that God has for the reason why he gave us the Ten Commandments. You see, it's out of love. And you and I, we will. We'll get excited about the Ten Commandments and how we can build our relationships on them and how we can build our life and experience fulfillment if we just jump in and understand God wants what's best for us. So we're going to focus on the first two today because they're in order. God planned them for a reason because the first two are the most important and they're found in verses 3 and 4. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or idols, basically what it's saying. So what I want to talk about today is the principle of priority. In other words, put God first. You see, the principle of priority is probably the most profound and powerful life truth there is. That you will put something first place in your life. And this is what God says. God says, I demand priority in your life. So if you and I are going to follow the Ten Commandments, then the principle of priority in my life must be to put God first. It is simple as that. Do you understand this morning? God deserves first place in my life because he created me and he died for me. So he deserves our devotion. Amen? Commandment number two goes right along with that. Never put an idol in that place of priority in your life. Now, we no longer have idols of metal or wood like they did back in the ancient civilizations, but we still have our idols nonetheless. In fact, an idol is anything that we put before God in our lives, okay? You need to write that down. An idol is anything that I put before God in my life. You see, if you elevate these idols or whatever it is in your life to a priority in your life, even good things can become idols. We don't have uh, little statuettes that we worship like they did used to in ancient times, but we still have idols. Now, I want you to hear me. Some people park their idols in their garage. Some people dock their idols at the marina. Y'all catching on? Some people 
got their idols in the bank. Some people even live in their idol. Some people put their idol, like I said, in the stock market. You see, you can be, they can be good things. But if they take the place of God in your life, they become an idol. You see, God made you to worship him by putting him first place in your life. That's what worship really means. Here's a simple definition. Worship really means to put God first in your life. Worship means whatever you're focused on is first place in your life. You see, it's not just a slow song in church. It's focusing on God in every area of your life. Every area of your life and putting Him first. Whatever you put first in your life is what you worship because you were made to worship. You see, that's why the archaeologists tell us that in every civilization throughout human history, there have been idols. They dig up those little statuettes that people worshipped. And we kind of laugh, but you understand we do the same thing. We do the same thing Because mankind has always made the mistake of trying to turn objects, listen, turn things into objects of worship. Look at this. We've made the mistake of worshiping the creation rather than the creator. You see, creation should point us to the creator. You know, in the Bible, there are three primary people, uh, three primary idols that people would fall into worshiping. There was Mammon, the love of money, and then there was Baal, and then there was Malak, the god of violence and selfishness. Now understand, today, those same three gods are what people are worshiping, even today. Now there's nothing wrong with success, but how many people, because they've tried to make a god of success, have destroyed their family. And I can give you story after story. Listen, let me say this again. There is nothing inherently wrong with wanting things, but they can lead you down the wrong path when you elevate them over God, then they become an idol. Do we understand that? Now, why does God say no to idols? Why does he put this in the first two commandments? Put me first. Don't put any idols ahead of me. Because he knows how destructive idols are to us. Number one, idols rob us of fulfillment. See, the reason why so many people are unhappy is because they have an idol in their life. Jeremiah 10, 14 says, every man is stupid. (laughs) Every man is stupid and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his images are false, and there is no breath in them. In other words, people who make idols are disillusioned. Disillusioned. Idols always let us down. And whenever you put a person, a place, or thing in place of God, You'll be let down. You'll be 
delusion and you will be disappointed. Plus, it'll start causing cracks in your relationship if you start putting another person ahead of God in your life. So, it'll cause too much pressure in the relationship. You know why? Because it's a faulty foundation. So it begins to crack and crumble, and eventually the relationship will crumble too. You know, when Lori and I were first married, I looked to her to be my happiness. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When we got married, everything was great. And Lori kind of expected me to meet all of her needs. Y'all kind of know what I'm talking about, don't you? We love God, but the problem was we would put each other ahead of God because we're trying to meet each other's needs ourselves. And we notice that it caused some relational issues because that's too much pressure for any person. You see, there is no way that a human being can meet your deepest needs of fulfillment, joy, and happiness, and purpose, and significance. Only God can do that. We have to understand that. Now, when we do marriage retreats and counseling, we talk about expectations and the needs and each person brings into a marriage and how, you know, we want to understand each other as a couple. And we try to meet those needs, whatever they may be. So, Lori and I have now, of course, began to make sure that God is first. And that's what we try to teach on these marriage retreats, okay? But instead of saying, you're supposed to be my Savior, my Rescuer, and you're not coming through for me, it set us free to meet each other's needs because now we are getting our deepest needs met by God. Total different. Totally different. In fact, some of you who are managers are always trying to hire the Savior or fixer to solve everything. And then it causes all kinds of friction and frustration in the working relationship. When you find out that they're not perfect, don't have it all together, can't solve everything, then you get frustrated because they were to be the Savior, but there's no Savior but Jesus Christ. And you're not the Savior. You know that. You see, a good manager knows you need to hire good people and train them. But there are no saviors. Only Jesus and Jesus alone. Well, idols not only rob us of fulfillment, they strangle our freedom. They strangle our freedom. In other words, they start to control you. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Now, you ought to underline that word led because it appears twice there. Because when you want freedom, you're feeling like you're making the choice doing what you want to do. You say, nobody's going to tell me what to do. You ever done that? God's not going to put boundaries on me. 
I'm going to be free for whatever I want to do. You think you're leading. Listen, you think that you're leading, but really, whatever you put ahead of God, listen, God starts leading you. Starts putting a hook in your nose and dragging you around. We mistakenly think that real freedom is doing whatever we want to do. And can I just tell you, it's just the opposite. You know what happens? It actually becomes enslavement. You're free to do whatever you choose to do. Understand that. But once you make that choice, you're not free anymore. We need to understand today, sin has consequences. And you are bound by the consequences of your choice. We're all free to jump off of a 10-story building. But guess what? There's this thing called the law of gravity. Remember me saying that? And when you hit, it's not going to be pretty. You'll probably be a pancake. But that's the law of gravity, isn't it? It's just something that's going to happen that's not going to be good. But you made the choice. Well, another name for idol in our society is the word addiction. You see, you can be addicted to a lot of things besides drugs and alcohol. You can be addicted to work. Got some workaholics in here. A lot of them. You can be addicted to pornography. Got a lot of that going on. You can be addicted to the internet where most people see the pornography. How about social media? I can continue. Everything. You can be addicted to food. You can be addicted to good things too. But once you put them ahead of God, they become an idol. And they start to control you and they strangle your freedom. Real freedom comes from following God's rules. Do you see that? Real freedom comes from following God's rules. It opens a whole new world to you. That's what it does. You're going to worship something. Better to worship the one who loves you more than anyone else. And worst of all, idols break us. Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden light. And he came to give us abundant life. He offers real lasting freedom. But you know what idols do? They kill, they steal, and they destroy. God's commandment gives us wisdom and life. So idols rob us of fulfillment. Make no mistake about it. Idols break us. But idols break our foundation. You don't break God's laws. They break you. Did you hear that? You don't break God's laws. They break you. You don't break the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments break you. In Psalm 115, 8, those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. See, idols were lifeless material objects that would eventually break. And if you worship an idol, eventually you will become lifeless and joyless. You'll start going through the motions, kind of numb, trying to make it through another day. And your life will start, here's these words again, to crack 
and crumble and fall apart. It starts to break down without a doubt because the foundation is the most important part of a building. It's the most important part of life. And if you build a relationship on a faulty foundation of idols, eventually that relationship is going to crack and going to crumble and going to fall apart. If you build your marriage and your family or a society on a faulty foundation, eventually it starts to crack, it starts to crumble, and it falls apart. There's only one solid foundation, and that's God. That's it. So listen to me. Put God first in your life. That's why there are so many marriages today that are crumbling because they were built on a wrong foundation. That's why so many families are fracturing. They're built on the wrong foundation. We see marriages breaking apart in record numbers today. We see problems in our society and cracks and splits and crumbling as the earthquakes of life hit and the problems and the pressures and the storms hit. The foundation is not firm. And when the family starts to fracture, society falls apart like we see. Church, that's why we've got to get back to the Ten Commandments in America today. We've got to get back to putting God first in our lives. That's why there are so many broken people, like I said. So many. That's why there's just so many broken hearts and emotions and broken relationships. Why? Because we have broken the moral compass, the Ten Commandments. Look at this. Every one of us is broken. You know why? Because we've all broken the Ten Commandments. Now, I want you to raise your hand if you have never broke one of the Ten Commandments. Get them up high. Hmm. Well, ain't you glad? Did you commit one of the first six? The death penalty? Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's real. See, we've all broken God's law. You break God's law. You do. We break God's law. But God's laws break us. You understand. We see people on television and reality shows, celebrities, unraveling before our eyes. Their lives literally falling apart, broken and shattered. And we say, well, at least I'm not that bad. Now listen to this. That person's nuts. They are messed up. Listen, you can come here on Sunday morning and you can wear the nicest suit, the nicest dress. You can smell as good as you want to and you can be very successful and yet be totally shattered and filthy on the inside. You know why? Because we're all a mess. All of us. Some of us just cover it up better than others, but we're all broken. You've heard me say many times, have, you know, we just chit-chat. People come in. Well, how are you doing? Do we really want to know how they're doing? Huh? Because some people are going to tell you for two hours if you listen to them. And, you know, on Sunday mornings, I don't have two hours. But we can get that weight. We can get that attitude. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's just lip service. 
How many of you go on Facebook or you do this? Prayers. Praying for you. We all do it. If we got social media. And sometimes we're more serious, but we just got to jump in. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Let's be honest. How much heartfelt stuff goes into that stuff. You see, we're all, we've all broken God's laws, but here's the good news. God offers true freedom, but freedom is not whatever you want to do. That's enslavement. Freedom is the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When I get honest about my brokenness to God, here's the good news. I can bring my brokenness to the cross, which is behind that curtain. You hear me? Do we understand today that one of the main purposes of the Ten Commandments is to turn us to God's grace? That is one of the main purposes of the Ten Commandments. When we admit that we have broken the law of God, we can fall into the love of God, and that's the greatest thing about the Ten Commandments. He gives us this immovable law, but he also provides the grace-filled remedy. No one has ever followed the Ten Commandments to a T. We've all sinned. We are all broken. But that brokenness can lead to blessedness when we go to the cross of Christ and we experience the blood of Christ bringing healing and strength to us. In Matthew 21, 44, Jesus says, Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone it falls on. You see, we need to be broken for the right reason. That is, broken by falling on Jesus, not crushed by refusal to come to him. In fact, it says in 1 Peter 2.24, He himself who bore, listen, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. When we bring our brokenness to the cross, Christ's blood brings healing and forgiveness. It does. We've broken the laws of God, and we all end up uh, broken. But because of His grace, we can experience blessedness. But without the law, we would never experience the love of God. Look at this. Without the law of God, we would never know what it is to fall into the arms of God's love. So let me close here today. I'm so grateful for the law of God because it shows us what God expects, knowing we can't fulfill it, and then comes Jesus to stand in our place. Now hear this. See, without the cross, there would only be this word called karma. Karma is a universal principle that God set up. You know what it is, don't you? What goes around comes around. You get what you deserve. But did you know that 2,000 years ago on that cross, Christ killed karma? Christ killed karma. Praise God because I don't want what I deserve. 
I don't want justice. I want mercy and grace. What about you? And I get God's forgiveness in heaven one day, not because I could earn it or deserve it. You see, I get what I could never earn or deserve, not karma. Karma is getting what you deserve. Grace is just the opposite. It is Christ receiving in his body what I deserved. Jesus took all of sin's karma for us. The good news is the cross killed karma. When you accept Jesus Christ and the cross and you go to the cross, it's a powerful thing to understand. You see, there is a higher law now and it's grace that overcomes. That law, listen, the law of gravity is a real law. But yet, if I sit in an airplane, the law of aerodynamics overcomes the law of gravity. I can fly. Now, Gary, I know you don't believe that because you don't like to fly, but it does. Not all the time, though. I can fly, and that's the way it is with grace. Karma is the law of gravity. God's grace is the law of aerodynamics. And when I sit in that seat and I rest in God's grace and forgiveness on the cross, then I can soar to places I never dreamed of. Now, some of you may be saying this morning, Pastor, why should I even follow the Ten Commandments if it's all about God's grace and forgiveness? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because when you become a Christ follower, and you go to the cross, and you receive his undeserved forgiveness and grace, and you're no longer under karma, then the great news is you want to please him, you want to follow him because you love him. As a Christ follower, when I sin, God doesn't love me less. You've heard me say a thousand times up here, it seems like there's nothing you and I can do to make God love us any more or any less than he does right now. You can mess up completely, and he's going to love you exactly the same, not more or less. It just hurts him deeply when you and I sin because he knows how destructive it is to our life and relationships when we break his law. You see, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. Some Christians say, well, the Ten Commandments, don't worry about that. Don't worry about the Old Testament. We're all just under grace. Just do whatever you want. God will cover it all. It's all good. Well, it makes me wonder if they've ever really come to the cross. Because once you come to the cross and you receive God's undeserved forgiveness and grace, then you will want to follow him. And the Ten Commandments, let me say this again, are just as real and foundational today as they were 3,000 years ago. Listen to me. If you keep breaking the Ten Commandments over and over habitually, in the area, any area of your life. Your life, here's these words, is going to crack, it's going to crumble, and it's going to fall apart. And that's a promise. Your marriage relationship is going to fall apart. 
That's why the divorce rate is so high, even among Christians. I mean, it's kind of sad, but did you know this? For those who go to church weekly and spend time with God, spend time with God and God's Word, it goes down to one and one because they're putting God first. It's not just going to church. It's putting God first. You see the difference? It's also important to understand. That brings me to the second thing. Give my best to Christ. Bring my brokenness to the cross, but then give my best to Christ. Because it says in John 14, 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if we love him, and we do it out of love, our motivation changes. You see, we don't follow the Ten Ten Commandments and God's law so that we'll go to heaven one day. Listen, we could never do that. None of us are perfect. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all broken the law, but that's why Christ came on the cross to give us that undeserved grace. Now, all we have to do is just get honest, just get honest, with God and accept that we need his healing and forgiveness and we get heaven one day that we don't even deserve. But you know what? We should want to follow him and to follow the Ten Commandments because we love him. See, the whole motivation changes. It's out of love and how we want to please him And we know how much it hurts him and how much it hurts our relationships, how much it hurts us and how much it hurts others when we break God's law. The principle of priority. Let's pray together. Father, today as we come for invitation, Lord, I would pray today that God, that you would just convict those if you haven't already of, Lord, the sin in their lives. God, whatever it may be. Lord, all of us just need to confess, if we haven't, that, God, we've all broken your law. God, some of us have broken one commandment, two commandments, five, six, whatever. But, God, it doesn't matter if we've broken all ten when we acknowledge it. And we come to you and ask you to forgive us of that, Father. Lord, for those who don't know you as Lord and Savior, God, today I pray that they would ask you to be the Lord and the boss of their life. But God, we have a church full of people in here today. Lord, we're all sinners. And God, the church is really a hospital for sinners. Lord, like I said, we're all a mess because their pastor's a mess. We're all a mess. But God, thank you for coming in the middle of the mess and just making it beautiful. God, I pray today for whatever people are going through, whatever they struggle with. God, I pray that today, God, they would leave it with you today. That, God, they would return from it. They would repent of it. Lord, for people who just need whatever in their life today, whether it's physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing, financial healing, whatever it may be, that, God, they can find it all in you. So, Lord, today, as we open up our altar, as always, for somebody that needs to come pray today, God, I pray that you would touch them in their coming today. We ask all this in your precious name and for your sake. 
Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.